Welcome to Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale, sponsored by Capital Healthcare Network, an Ohio-based, family-owned and operated company providing solutions that help seniors age on their own terms. Those solutions include home care, senior living, nursing home and rehab care, and hospice. Learn more at CapitalHealthCareNetwork.com. Listeners, thank you for listening to Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale. I'm your host, Lisa, and my guests today are, well, it's Ed, Jill, and Chris, and they're from a company called Boomer Tech Adventures. Hello, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Why don't one of you take the lead and tell our audience what your company is all about? Okay. Uh, This is Ed. I'll I'll go ahead and start. Um, Boomer Tech Adventures is um, is all about serving boomers and seniors who want to feel confident and confident in their online skills and while using their their personal technology devices. Um, and to reach that goal, we provide personalized guidance and step by step instruction. Um, and we've been we've been around and working together since. Um, 2014 on Boomer Tech Adventures. Prior to that, we are we are all educators at different levels and different kinds of jobs, and we were colleagues and friends then. And uh, we worked very closely with uh, Maine schools. And actually, Chris and Jill were international consultants. And um, we thought, with all the baby boomers around who need some tech help, uh, that sounded like something that we'd like to do. So I have to ask, and it's not a bad thing, but are the three of you boomers? Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I got a resounding yeah. amen on that. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. And our topic today, I'm actually going to have you back on in the future to talk about a couple other things. But today, we're going to talk about five tech issues that drive boomers crazy. You've narrowed it down to just five. I would think there's a bunch more, but I'm going to defer oh. to your expertise and let you tell our audience what the top five are and what can be done about it. We will, we will do that. Um, I, I won't mention all of them right at the beginning, but you'll hear them as we go through. And Jill's going to start by talking about a very um, vexing issue for a lot of uh, boomers and seniors, uh, keeping passwords straight and the importance of, of knowing how to um, organize passwords. So, Jill, go ahead with that if you would. Sure. First, I want to say people need to remember that there's a difference between passwords and passcodes. Passcodes are usually just numbers, and that's what gets you into your mobile device. Um, You also have a password that can get you into your computer. And then the password are for the different websites you go to, your different apps. And uh, as my sister said the other day when I was talking with her, you know, she said, all 300 passwords. <laughs> a bit of an exaggeration, but sometimes it feels like that. Yeah. Um, the first thing I want to say about passcodes, people wonder whether or not they should keep their phone or their tablet locked. And uh, my answer is, if it's leaving the house, yeah, you better because if you leave that phone or tablet and somebody picks it up and it's not locked, then that's a gateway to your personal Everything. information. Yeah. Everything, yeah, your email, your social media, 
uh, any files you might have, which might be uh, confidential. And of course, it's also if somebody gets into your email and um, social media, it's a gateway to other people's information. So that's the first thing. But the passwords, what I find is often there is confusion. Uh, people will say, well, now my email my email password, is that the same one I use on my computer? And I say, I hope not. <laughs> uh, that we really shouldn't duplicate passwords just in case we get hacked. And anybody that reads the news knows that big companies uh, get hacked all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's important. Um, and the other thing that people what I read, I've never met anybody that's done this, but I um, read it constantly that people still use one, two, three, four, five, six, A, B, C, D, E, F, <laughs> because they can remember it. Uh-huh. But if somebody is going after personal information, then um, that's just too easy. You're helping them out. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> And um, so the idea of not repeating a password is really important, especially any accounts that have to do with money, your banking, your investment. Those really should all be separate passwords. Even for the, let me ask the question, Jill, what about, because I do a lot of shopping online. So even there, like, you should use different passwords. Like my Macy's oh, well, should be different than yeah, Amazon could, and I, so forth and so on. I would, anything where money is involved yeah. or a credit card number. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's just too easy. And I have had friends, I mean, that have had identity theft. And that takes forever to get straightened out. And uh, it's why we should be checking our credit card statements and banking statements regularly, because if something's amiss, um, then if you jump on it within a certain amount of time, I think it's within a month, you won't be responsible. But uh, as it goes on for six months, you might be. Uh, So that's important. The other thing that um, comes up is, a system for retrieving your passwords, because we do, anybody that's active digitally does have multiple passwords. And how do you do it? Uh, some people invest in the apps that are, from what I read, um, pretty secure, like one password and it's stored there. Mm-hmm. Personally, what I do is um, I have the notes app on the um, on my computer while it's on all my devices and I lock the note other people uh, keep the passwords in their contacts where they're not likely to be found now Chris read somewhere that uh, you can jump in Chris that uh, you can uh, the best idea is you know when you a password comes up and you you can't remember it it's always in tiny blueprint forgot your password some people are suggesting that you do that every time, that you click on that and you get a new password. Now, that takes several steps, so you have to decide hmm. whether you want to go through that. Um, and a newer item that keeps coming up is that browsers now, like Google Chrome, uh, Firefox, 
they will offer to save your password and they, you know, they say it's safe. And I just read an article, a pretty recent article that said, eh, maybe not. That first of all, if you leave your computer unattended and somebody gets in, it's pretty easy for them to find those passwords. Mm-hmm. And there's still no guarantee that any of these big companies won't be hacked or uh, somebody won't get into one of your apps and see it and then be able to um, get into other accounts you have. And we need to be vigilant. Uh, Just one last thing. Those people who have Apple um, devices, if you go into settings and go to passwords, there is a section there that will give you an alert if it's a problem. It will tell you if there's been a data breach or whether you have uh, multiple uses of one password. And Android also has it um, that you get an alert from Google Chrome that there's a problem. So if you get any of those alerts, pay attention. All right. That was a lot of great information. Um, If you take your device out of your home, you probably want to have it password locked, right? That was the first thing. Don't use the same password over and over again. Don't use one, two, three, ABC. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What about birth dates? I've I've heard people warn against using birth dates. Don't, don't, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, um, that's kind of a natural segue into what, what I would be talking about, okay. and that is staying staying safe and secure online. Yeah, well, we'll talk uh, about this is, this, yeah, and this is Chris. Well, so, okay, Chris. So we'll yeah. talk about that next, and then what else did you tell us? Um, oh, you have to secure your passwords in some way so you can remember them. So you have to yeah. figure that out. Um, right. and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say if they can hack the government, they might be able to hack Amazon. I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so don't don't save your your credit card information and your passwords and all that stuff either. Like just be be vigilant, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. And I, again, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Okay. Uh, because it's big, big business. I mean, the hackers wouldn't be doing this if they weren't making big money. Yeah, and they're very, so, they're incredibly savvy. Like, I think we underestimate yeah. <laughs> how, how really <laughs> smart and, and creative and savvy they are. All right, yeah. what's the next one? Once you get online, um, one of the things that seniors, well, everyone should be concerned with is, you know, being safe um, and um, kind of aware online. So um, talking about, you know, hackers and scammers, you know, you kind of mentioned the birthday thing. And um, one thing you have to remember is that a lot of your personal information is online for free Mm -hmm. that people can find. So if you like Google yourself, um, you will most likely find information on where you live, where you used to live, who your relatives are, you know, all those things are available. And if you use any of that information as part of or as your passwords, they're going to, the scammers and the hackers, they're going to have a pretty good start (laughs) on um, 
you know, what your passwords could be. Yeah, makes sense. So, so yeah, don't don't use any personally identifiable information as part of your um, passwords. Um, so, so that's that's pretty important, and that's how they get your information. And some 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 people answer these um, quizzes and surveys on social media. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. And, and the questions that are asked are exactly the same security questions that the bank I noticed the credit that card recently. company. Yeah. Yes. And so the hackers have figured that out, of course. So they're going to ask, you know, you know, online, right? They're going to, they know who you are on Facebook because you've identified yourself. And they're going to ask everybody, they're going to say, so, what was your first car? Mm-hmm. Your first what pet. Was, <laughs> yes, your first pet. Uh, wh- wh- what was the name of the street that you first lived on? Right. So, be careful online. Don't fill out surveys that are asking you yeah. questions. That, and, and right. you think, like, why would they need to know? Right? <laughs> Ask your yeah. What's it to them what the name of my first right. pet was or my first grade teacher? Um, exactly. There's some ulterior motive. You can never be too cautious. Where, where the trust comes in is kind of trusting yourself uh, to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of stop and think. But then, you know, in the back of your head, even though you're kind of doing what you're enjoying, it's going like, oh, it's just being aware. It's just like being aware of your surroundings and you're on the internet. So, you know, we should always keep in mind that there will be people that will, and there are people behind it all uh, that will want to be taking advantage of you. Yeah. It's a public, don't forget it's a public forum. You're, you're in the public space anytime you're on the internet. So if you wouldn't do it on main street, don't do it on the internet. Just because, um, someone knows how to drive a car. Um, you know, you don't make their first car a Lamborghini and <laughs> and, and set them loose yeah. because they're not going to be in control of it. They're not going to be experienced enough, those kinds not of gonna things. not going to end well. It's not going to end right. well. All right. right so right. that's two. What's number three? A, uh, a third one is um, about accessibility features on our devices, a lot of people don't even know that these exist, and Jill's going to talk about those. You know, as we get older, our eyes get a little weaker, whether it be cataracts or something else. Uh, Sometimes our hearing is not as sharp as it used to be, and uh, our mobility. The fingers, you know, may have arthritis or may have tremors, and so using keyboards becomes difficult. And recently, all the big tech companies, whatever device they make, have started to add accessibility features. Uh, Just a little side note, this actually, I think, was driven by computers and tablets going into schools because before any company would get a contract, they had to assure the district that every child special ed, regular ed, could use the device. And, of course, in schools, there are all sorts of children that have multiple disabilities. Mm -hmm. So there are features on all devices that make it easier for a person to continue to use 
or get the ultimate use out of their device. Again, whether it be a phone, a tablet, or a computer. And usually it's divided into three categories, vision, hearing, and mobility. Uh, if you are an Apple user and you're a um, iPhone or iPad, you're going to go to settings and then you'll see uh, accessibility. If you are an Android, uh, you are going to um, also go into your settings and look for accessibility. If you're using an Apple computer, you go to system preferences where you will find accessibility. And if you're a Windows person, um, you either go to the control panel or the settings icon, that little thing that looks like a gear, and you look for ease of access center. So there, on all the newer devices, you can um, find different uh, features. So let me give you just a couple examples. So if vision is becoming a problem, there's usually the ability to zoom in. Mm -hmm. There's the ability to change the size of the text, and you can make it quite big. Somebody with macular degeneration, um, you know, their site gets smaller and smaller. You can make the, the text quite big. Uh, you can change the contrast. Some, some people find it easier to to read uh, black text on a white background, but others find that a uh, white text on a black ground, back, I'm sorry, black background is easier <laughs> to read. Mm -hmm. And you can control the contrast. Um, and then the biggie, of course, is you can find settings where you can have the text read to you. Um, with hearing, um, most of the new mobile devices uh, will connect to hearing aids. Uh, there's also the option for captions. And uh, mobility, the, um, the voice control is really helpful. I mean, on an Apple, it's Siri. Uh, if I say, hey, Siri, she's going to answer you. You'll hear it. So if I say, hey, Siri, um, put something and I can put a date in my calendar or I can have... Um, Siri call somebody. So I don't have to use my fingers and and try to work that slippery keyboard on a phone or on a tablet. Yeah, then it's great. Brent, did you know this? Did you know this accessibility? No, we're both sitting here taking notes. We didn't know this. I knew about the you can enlarge the text because sometimes yeah. Brett and I are both we're gonna just call you 56, Brad. He isn't quite there yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but we're within a few months of each other. And so, yeah, the vision part, but all this other stuff, I did not know. This is great information. Yeah. Well, and like I was just talking about Siri on, on Apple, um, Android, it's the Google Assistant. And, uh, of course, Amazon has Alexa. And these will do more, like Alexa will do more than just play songs for you. So uh, learning how to use those virtual assistants, again, with somebody that's starting to have uh, mobility problems, they can do an awful lot with yeah. just voice control. Huge, so, hugely helpful, yeah. It is, uh, because it's just so, uh, to me, and I think to the three of us, it's just so important as we get older to be they help people stay connected to family and friends and to be able to get out in the world 
I mean, there's so much out there, um, intellectually stimulating, um, craft-wise. I mean, there's just so much that you can access. So even on a stormy day, uh, when you can't get out, nobody can get in to see you, uh, you can still um, entertain yourself mm-hmm. and stay intellectually sharp. Sounds great. Number four. Number four, that's me. This is Ed. Um, One of the things, uh, Lisa, we try to do with all of our Boomer Tech Adventures clients is to help them become more self-reliant in terms of knowing how to ask the right questions about their devices or their technology. And we like to use the word working across generations because we think there are lots of possibilities out there for, um, for a baby boomer or a senior who has um, tech-savvy uh, younger folks in his or her family. And um, so we think that's really important. But they have to be talking the same language. Um, younger people than us do not email anymore. And they generally don't uh, call either. When I want to call one of my uh, 40-something uh, kids, um, I usually text them first and say, um, are you around? Is it okay if we have a phone conversation? <laughs> so it's, it's, that's a little bit different. It's the and truth, though. It is. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, so boomers and seniors need to, to know some of these things about how, how younger people, whether they're kids or grandkids work. Typically, other people in the family are willing to help them out uh, with their with their technology. But um, we need to be aware of of how they work and uh, perhaps tell them, whoa, you're assuming making a lot of assumptions here on what I know or don't know already. And please, we love you, but please slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's in a in a nutshell, that's that's issue number four. Yeah, and that's a great one because even today, I I called, um, I'll say a colleague. I mean, I wanted an immediate response. Of course, he didn't answer. Of course, he's thirty-five. <laughs> and so I hung up the phone and texted him, and of course, I got an immediate response. And yeah. it can be aggravating yeah. for us, but we need to just be willing to make adaptation and adjust. It ain't all about us. And then the other thing that I take away from what you're saying, I remember when my dad passed away in 09, Mm -hmm. he was our tech guy. Mm -hmm. And we were lost. I mean, we we were like five years and, you know, we didn't know what a browser was. So don't put it all on one family member. Um, Share the wealth and the knowledge and the responsibility. Um, Absolutely. Number five. Number five. How do we use tech for fun? We're going to each take just a short period of time just to talk about that. I'll start because I've got the microphone right now. I use my technology. I'm not big on social media, although I'm on social media, but I I spend a lot of time uh, using my iPad or my computer to to read widely across the Internet. I'm really interested in a lot of different things. I really like and really depend on using YouTube for tutorial videos mm-hmm. on things that I don't know or that I don't remember. Every time I use, get ready to use my chainsaw, remember you're com- we're coming to you from Maine, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I fire up YouTube and look at a couple videos to remind myself on safe practices. 
and and those sorts of things. Yeah. So, um, Jill or Chris, Jill, why don't you jump in? How do you use it for fun? Oh, how do I use it for fun? Well, I do have a Kindle app on my iPad, and I'm one of those people that if I don't have a book to read nearby, I get a little antsy. So um, I do use that. I use my Kindle app, but I also use something called iCloud Library, which is free. All you need is a public library card number, and you can go in and you can download books. So that's one way. Um, The other is I got rid of cable. I didn't like paying all that money for all those channels that I didn't use. And I discovered uh, a couple of um, British streaming uh, apps. One's called BritBox and the other is called Acorn. And uh, so I tend to watch um, shows. Some of them are, are older. They're dated, but they're, they're great fun and they entertain me. Um, so that's a second way. And the third way is um, games online. I mean, I play Words with Friends with a couple of people losing badly right now. Uh, but I also, there's um, other apps. My family is a, my extended family is a bit competitive with games, card games like Hearts. And uh, for those of you who know Hearts, you know that you like to dump the uh, Queen of Spades. <laughs> so it's possible for me to play with my uh, nephew's family in Massachusetts uh, online. Mm and play hearts and that's great fun especially in these days of covid where i have been unwilling to travel and they've been on really don't want extra company either so those are three ways um that i use the internet for fun chris what about you yeah so um i uh, my, my um when i try to say i'm retired my wife laughs at me because it's um, funny. ADHD <laughs> in my retirement, right? It's like, uh, no, you're not. You're doing stuff. And so I, I do a, a mixture of, of fun and work uh, with the internet as well. Um, I am about to publish my sixth cookbook. Um, and all of it has been done online. I haven't met anyone in person <laughs> in writing these six cookbooks. And so I've worked with dozens of editors. I've worked with artists. Um, I've worked with the publisher. And uh, it's all been done um, virtually. So it's pretty, pretty amazing it uh, that. And I'm able to do the research online um, as well. And, of course, I kind of share my recipes. I teach cooking online as well. And so, you know, the Zoom has kind of made that pretty transparent. It's, yeah. It wasn't quite as straightforward before Zoom. There were, you know, some other platforms. But that has really uh, made a difference. Like Jill, I like to play games. So I, I play chess with, you know, people I've never met who, you know, kill me all the time. But since I don't know them, I don't have to be embarrassed. About them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I love books and stories and things like that, um, but I'm too kind of in, um, I, I can't sit still that long. So I have subscribed to audiobooks, and so I'm reading three or four different books, and 
I've, I've joined three book groups online. So I'm able to read the books because of technology, but I'm also able to, to meet with quote unquote, meet with people and have these conversations about the books that we're reading. So it's really quite, quite enriching. And I, I think what the three of us are kind of the, the, the question that we're answering that maybe might drive boomers crazy is why do, why would I even want to be on the internet? Yeah. You know, what's the big deal with being online? And I, hopefully we've kind of given you an idea of, or several ideas of, wow, this is, this is kind of your oyster, you know, but there's so much that you can access now. And, you know, maybe the pandemic has made that more obvious, but even without the pandemic, um, all these things are still uh, positive things that you can do online. And even if you're not a boomer, much of this advice is good for everyone, although some of it is very specific for older adults. Um, Boomer Tech Adventures, thank you. Great information. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed the program and learned a little something along the way. Till next time, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be forever at your back.